Hi, I am Jen Matthews, and I'm an adoptee. You're listening to Conversations About Adoption, a podcast where I interview and converse with other adoptees and first parents about their stories and other issues around adoption. My goal is to spread the perspectives of other adoptees and first parents so we can challenge the common narratives and misconceptions of adoption and hopefully shed light on the social justice issues pertaining to adoption, as well as the issues adoptees and first parents face on a regular basis. Okay, so I am going to be talking to Susanna um, with my internship and uh, school Wednesday mornings seem to be a good day. And uh, I just kind of spontaneously posted in my group if anybody was available and I had a few responses, but um, I don't know exactly why. I I think you were the first one who was like, I can do it. So uh, <laughs> I am talking to Susanna, who is an adoptee. And um, so why don't you tell me some of your story, Susanna? Um, well, I am 37. I'm a first-time mom to my son. Um, I was born in 86. Um, I was adopted um, by two wonderful people at four days old. Um, my birth parents were young, which is usually one of the main reasons for adoptions. Yeah. Um, and my parents were older, so they unfortunately had no luck in having a baby. Um, so adoption was the route that they took. Um, my Unfortunately, my birth mother was forced to give me up. That was something that was being a parent at a young age was not part of the plan of her family. So um, there was a lot of um, emotion and anger and kind of an ultimatum at this point. Um, So adoption was put into place. Um, And four days later, my parents brought me home. Um, there was back then in the, in the eighties, um, there was, uh, a period of time. If you may are, are possibly familiar with it, where birth mothers could come back and change their mind. It was a six month period back then. Um, and my birth mother decided to try to get me back after I had already been with my family for a period of time, um, which led to my parents and my birth family going to court. Oh, wow. To fight for me. Um, A lot of stuff went back and forth. Um, She had missed her period, her window. uh, by The revocation period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But she kept fighting. She kept fighting. My parents, you know, uh, we're trying to adjust to having a new baby, the bonding, all that went into it. Um, so that definitely jumbled up a lot of issues during that first year of my life. Um, and then luckily after the whole court battle occurred, um, in March of 87, I was officially adopted by my parents um but it was definitely a lot it was definitely a lot of emotions uh on both sides and um 
you know, I am an only child. I was raised that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from a very early age that I was adopted. My parents mm-hmm. told me at seven, um, which I'd already sort of come to determine myself that something was was going on as far mm-hmm. as um, looking like them. I had people coming up to me telling me like you don't look like them you don't mm-hmm. look like them so mm-hmm. um my parents finally decided to to tell me and um i was kind of like okay um luckily um they were very open with me about it they told me everything that occurred mm-hmm. um which was good to know and i i personally am a firm believer in being honest with your children absolutely that's where a lot of I've read articles that say, you know, that it's best that the child it's just always a part of their story from the beginning that they were adopted and not having to be told later. In my case, my parents told me when I was five and it didn't go well. I, I had like a small mental breakdown. I, I, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, if you tell them at a decent age yeah. when they're younger, yeah. they have time to process finding out when you're an adult and no. beyond is just that can cause more problems yeah. um so it's very open to it i was like mm-hmm. okay i understand the best mm-hmm. that i could at being little yeah yeah my, my birth parents were young and yeah. i'm a firm believer too and kids should not raise children that's my personal uh feeling about that i was very understanding very mm-hmm. i've i've always been that's one thing with me i've always been understanding of the situation um and i went on with my life just kind of mm-hmm. knowing and and people would ask me and i'm very open to my story i'm very open to i'm adopted that's part of who i am yeah um, and then in 2000 fast forward of course in yeah 2006 um, I finally decided that I was ready and old enough and my life was in a place that was good to do my search, mm-hmm. um, with the support of my, my parents, um, as supportive as they could be. Cause that's still a very big deal. Yeah. Was, was the adoption then closed? Because I would assume mm-hmm. with that court thing, there was probably some, animosity between yeah yeah. there it it was a closed um you know at at that point in time um she legally could not contact me um i I would have had to be the one to do so okay um she definitely tried which i think a lot of birth parents do even if they're not supposed to um but yes that was that was closed there I, I went on with my life and that there was no contact of any kind until I decided to go ahead and do so. Sure. Yes. Um, so with the help of my parents, um, I went to the, the courthouse that, that did my adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, you know, this is what I know. And I knew some things too. So looking back, at myself i probably could have done it myself yeah but it never occurred to me because i yeah. didn't want to that's a lot to just be like 
I'm going to take this on myself, not right. really knowing what to expect. Um, and I gave them the information and very quickly with less than a week, I receive a phone call saying that they found her, which wow. in all respect, I was not shocked at all because I knew she lived somewhat close to me. Yeah. So we're not that far in distance from each other. Um, and it, the process just went so fast. That can be bad sometimes. Mine did too. Not even for me, there was no, let's think, let's take a breather. Let's no no time to process. Yeah. It, It, a lot of, Yes. Yes. The process, there was not a lot of processing for me at that point. Um, and I told my parents, you know, they found her. Um, I was asked by the court if it was okay for her to send me a letter Uh through them. Yeah. Cause still we had privacy, you know, I was not, I was not supposed to know who she was. She was not supposed to know who I was. Um, And I gave them my permission for her to write a letter. Sure. And she did. We received it in the mail very quickly. Um, And she left, you know, she introduced herself. She went into some of the regular things I think birth parents go into telling you about themselves, any children they had, their lives. Sure. Um, And I, I was happy to hear that she had a good life um for me being an only child one of the only things that drove me to do my search was the idea of having siblings yeah um that was always a big thing for me um i had hoped that being with what she dealt with with my adoption which i know has permanently damaged her that was a lot to deal with. I think it's a lot to deal with in general for anyone yeah. of any age. But when you're a child and your family is not supportive, they make things worse for you. How old was she when she, she had 16. you? She okay. was 16 and then she was almost 17 when I was born. Same with um, me. You know, and she had her family and her parents were older too. And they just didn't want to raise another child. And that's understandable. That's when you have multiple children, the last thing sometimes you want is unfortunately to raise a baby. That's a lot to to handle. Um, and my birth father was 15. So mm-hmm. that was understandable of not going to happen. Um, which is painful though. And I, you know, I understand as much as I can the pain of that. Yeah. Um, Because this is your child. Absolutely. And you're being forced. Relinquishment trauma. Yeah. Without even being talked to like, okay, like this is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, It was that way for my mother too. My, my grandmother was like, nope, I'm not raising another baby. And, you know, I was born in 71. So quite a bit earlier than you. Um, It was still considered the baby scoop era but some people argue that it can it continued on past the 70s because there still was that lingering mentality of you know shame and things like that 
And yes. um, it's, I don't think it's still, I don't think it's that much that way anymore, but I know there are still young girls that make that choice because their families probably think it's the right thing to do. You know, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, so where was I? Um, so at that point, you know, I, when I read her letter for mm -hmm. the first time, um, you know, she told me she did have children, which was great. And I was very relieved, um, yeah. because you know, I had hoped that she had gone, gone on to have children. Sure. Um, and she left her number for me, of course. Um, yeah. and it was a pretty quick decision on my part to, to call her. Um, and I mean, looking back, I wish I sort of eased into it. Some. <laughs> But I mean, I understand that <laughs> completely ready. You always think like, this is how I'm going to behave. This is how yeah. I'm going to go about it. Yeah. But when it comes time, sometimes you just go. Yeah, you just exactly. And, and that's it. Um, so I gave her a call and, um, needless to say, that was a very emotional phone call. Yeah. Um, her her daughter my half sister who was then yeah. 11 at the time uh had picked up the phone wow. and she asked who was on the phone and i told her and you just heard the phone drop you heard mom 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 like it was just very <laughs> a lot oh going, wow a lot going on and i had my best so, friend with me at the time too. did your younger siblings know about you then they did um they did they were told very early on yeah. that they had a sibling out in the world, um, that this adoption had occurred. Um, I'm not exactly sure if a lot of the truth went into that. Sure. Um, but they were told, yes, they, it, it, it was not a surprise to them when I called. It, they yeah. they knew about me um and um so i have a half sister who's much older now um yeah. and one of the biggest things which yet again when i talk about how you know sometimes you're not prepared you think you are you've gone through your life like i'm ready for anything <laughs> I'm ready for no, <laughs> no. <laughs> she uh in in the letter, she had stated she had a son. Yeah. Uh, who the name, her son's name was <clears throat> the same name as my birth father. Uh -huh. um, but I had not put two and two together yeah. at all. I was just, even my mother was like, don't you find it odd that like her son and your birth father have the same name? I was like, no. No, <clears throat> but she had told me that um, that her son uh, was my full brother. Uh -huh. they, they had had a, another child a couple years later after me. 
which made no sense to me because, you know, they were kids themselves. Their relationship faltered very quickly because of the adoption. I'm sure. Um, so for me, it was, there's no way these two people would ever come back together and have another child. Never say they never. They did. They did. Um, so finding out that I had a brother is by far the biggest shock of my life. Besides having my son. A full brother. I just, I don't know. That was just something that I, I couldn't believe. I couldn't, for a lot of reasons, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Um, so after I'd made the phone call, I'd reached out to her. She got on the phone. There was crying. There was the the whole the whole shebang um, of of that. Um, you know, she's like, if you ever wanted to meet, I would yeah. love that. I was like, let me think about it. Let me process. Yeah. And right. I'll get you know. Um the the day before my 20th birthday, um, yet again. I'm, you make these decisions yeah. very quickly. Um, I decided to meet with her. Um, that choice I made. Um, so we set things up. Um, we met for the first time, um, which was, you know, very emotional in itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, to see someone who you look like. Oh, yeah that genetic mirroring the first time it's like whoo it's crazy it's yeah. a very crazy feeling when i met my grandmother the first time i laid eyes on her i was like okay well now i know what i'm gonna look like when i turn 70 like it was the craziest thing because yeah. i grew up with a mexican mom and a spanish dad and i was like white as they come you know so i had zero kind of genetic mirroring you know like most of us do and it was just really overwhelming the first time that I saw that. And my uncle and I kind of look alike too. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot emotionally. I just okay. want to ask real quick. Can what? you tell me when you got that letter the first time, what, what were you feeling? What were your emotions like when you, when you got that letter in the mail? Um, I was just shocked. I was, I had spent my life not really caring about doing my search it it was yeah. not something that i spent my childhood like one day i'm gonna do it one day i'm gonna do it i need to know i need to know yeah i was perfectly content with my life yeah never even a second thought a lot of people at what would, would ask me like are you gonna do it one day maybe <laughs> if i feel like it. i was always I, like nope no way i i really didn't have the desire until yeah. One day I was just kind of like, you know what? Like, it's still part of who I am. Yeah. There are people out there who look like me. Yeah. You know, why do I do this? Why do I, you know, habits and men, you know, and, and just think things that could be similar to other people. Sure. Um, so when I got the letter, I just, the first connection, the first connection was just really intense. It's overwhelming, um, isn't it? overwhelming you know yeah. seeing the handwriting reading about this person with whom gave you life yeah forced to abandon that 
you know, I'm reading a little bit about her. She's yeah, telling yeah. me a little bit about herself. For the first time, you know, on top of what I already knew. Yeah. This is her current life. These this is she has children. She's not that far from me, which I already <sighs> knew anyway, but still she's not that far from me. Wow. You know, it was really intense. It was really yeah. just and to have my mom there was very nice. Um too. Um it was just a lot. It was yeah. a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Um and so when we when we met, yeah. um, you know, she's like, you know, do you have any questions for for me? Uh-huh. And I said, I'm gonna let you talk. Because <laughs> I know you've been waiting a long time. Yeah. To say things to me. So uh-huh. I'm gonna let you do the talking. And and I let her just go. I let her just take it and say the things that she had been waiting 20, 20 years to say. Um, and she told me about my brother. First of all, first and foremost, you have a brother. He's your full biological one. You know, this is, and I just shocked. Like, no, yeah. I became numb. Um, I have a sister, you know, just the regular life feel of of, about herself um she's like you know i know they would love to meet you sometime whenever you're ready um i was like okay i go home to my parents and tell them and even though it was it was in the letter to hear it to they you know because because they were very interested about our meeting um i do know it was hard for them um me making that choice even though they supported me with it um especially for my mother who yeah. was very damaged by that year and a half of of court yeah um that really impacted her a lot um but she also knew that i'm not going anywhere yeah so it's there's no worry as far as that went um, yeah, I definitely had to reassure my adoptive mom. I was like, look, you've been my mom for 27 years. Me searching isn't going to change that. Right. You know, yeah. But they still have that fear. They still have yeah. that fear because what, what if the family you found is like amazing and like, <laughs> you know, it's natural I'm, insecurity. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's happened before. Yeah. Um, so we talked, you know. I was like, at some point, I would like to meet them, meet my meet my brother, meet my sister. At yeah. that point, also, um, my birth parents had gotten back together. At that point, wow! Don't know why, but they did. So um, wait, this was like after they had you, and then after, after they, they had, had your brother, we broke up because of the adoption. Yeah, they got back together. They had my brother. Yeah. Broke up again. It's these bad get together, break up, get together, break up. Uh, they had my brother. They broke up. Um, then my birth father was out of the picture for a long time. Yeah. A long time. A long time. And then I guess a year or two before I came along, they had gotten back together again. Wow. Um, Reconnected. My brother was 17 when I came into the picture. So like when he was 15, 
Yeah. Um, which was a lot for him yeah. because he didn't really know his birth father, our our birth father. Yeah. Um, so for him to kind of just be brought back into his life as a teen, like that didn't really go over very well. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. Being a teenager is hard as it is, you know. Absolutely. Um, but I also got the opportunity to then meet my birth father as well, which I had never ever thought was going to happen yeah it was always i'm going to meet her i'm going to meet her dad's always kind of seemed to be an afterthought it was for me too and i think it's just because predominantly the people that search seem to be a definite higher percentage of women and i feel like it's because as women we're the ones that have children and we can kind of put ourselves in the position of our mothers a little easier than maybe the guys can I mean, there are definitely guys that search, but, you know, I've been in online adoption communities for, God, I don't know, 25 years, and it's mostly women most of the time, you know, and I love seeing the guys out there. I have to get some guys on the podcast, um, a couple more, <laughs> and uh, but it's interesting because with me and my search, when I finally got the desire to look. It was all about my mom. I wasn't even really thinking about my dad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Dad. I think that's just how it is, though. It just yeah. is. It's that, it's that maternal connection that you just yeah. go to finding your birth mother. We did know her. We were a part of her. So that's probably has something to do with it. Right. Right. Um, but hearing that I would meet him, too was just yet again one of those things that you don't plan on yeah yeah kind of put in your lap um so i decided the next day after meeting my birth mother the next day was my 20th birthday oh wow to (laughs) to (laughs) go up there and meet everyone wow Um, that's a lot which i in aspect i wish i could have redone but I, but I went with it. I just went with it. Um, you know, I called her. I said, you know, if you would like me to come up tomorrow, because she really wanted to spend a birthday with me. Aww. Her first birthday. So I was like, sure. That's she probably thought about you every year. She, I sure mean, she did her forever. Yeah. Um, she loves her children. She does. Yeah. But ultimately and this is something that we had has had been a discussion in yeah. our relationship i was the one that she wanted that this this was for her this was the dream you were her the first dream. um yeah exactly um so i went up there on my birthday um i met my sister who of course as a little girl she's like more into it she's like ah you know excited yeah sister sort of thing my brother kept distance as i understand he was a teenager too teenager like some strange girls coming into like no that's a lot just totally fine totally fine um i met my birth father that was thrilling for him I got to learn more of his perspective as the yes. years have gone on, how, yeah. it, how it impacted him. Cause no one really thought 
he's dealing with this too. Yeah. He had to give up a child too. Yeah. Um, I think they thought because he was young, um, he made choices in, in, in his life that were not great. Yeah. Um, that like, what does he really care? Like he's, but he did, it still impacted him too. Sure. Um, so I got to meet everyone and they have a very large family on both yeah. sides. I come from yet again, me, my mother and my father. Yeah. Very and small family. So to, to meet all these people on both sides and they all lived very close was very intense. It was yeah. a lot of people. Um, and they all knew about me in one way or another. They all knew. So to have me there, like, especially comparing like me and her uh-huh. similarities was just, it, it just became a free for all sort of like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, which of course she loved. I mean, she had been waiting a long time Yeah, for it. So, and I wanted to like, you know, b- give it to her because I had always tried to be understanding of what happened and sure. I was, um, and I thought, okay, like this is going to make her really happy. <clears throat> um, and I sort of, over the next couple years, I sort of immersed myself in it. And yet again, choices made some maybe i look back on and wish i hadn't have gone that direction but i did um the the next couple years were spent really immersed in it going up there a lot spending time up there a lot yeah um being a a part of the family a lot um you know and i have to say pertaining to my whole the whole adoption search in itself there are some things that i do regret doing oh unfortunately but on the other hand i try to tell myself you know that in the end it was probably good for me to still do it because i learned some things now the outcome the outcome of it all is definitely not what i what i wanted uh so so between me searching and finding her and my current day today um i spent a lot of time up there i built a relationship with my birth mother a friendship a friendship of some kind um when you know i spent some time with my sister my brother and i you know for him it was very different sure wing um when he was younger I feel like he was kind of forced to like, like me because of his mother. He knew how important it was for her. Sure. Um, So he's like, you know, like, I'm just going to kind of be nice to her and whatever. Acknowledge her, I guess. Yeah. Um, But I kind of knew deep down, like, and yet again, I don't blame him because for me, I think how he's viewed it is he's there, his sister and his mother he's the oldest quote unquote yeah he's his sister and i totally the way that i view it a lot of people ask me like you know do you have siblings and i always say i'm adopted i was raised an only child i am an only child but i also have a brother and sister yeah i don't say i'm the oldest of three 
because for me, I'm not the oldest of three. Yeah, it's never a simple answer. Right. I am the oldest. I'm going to yeah. be 37 next Sunday. Um, but it's him. He is the oldest. It's him and his sister. Right. And I respect that. I totally do. I've never tried to step on his toes. But his mother, his mother views it differently. You yeah. know, she has three kids. And you're the oldest of three. Yeah. No, I'm the oldest yeah. of three, you know, and it just got very complicated. Um, And then throughout what we're at 17 years now, I think we are 17, 18 years now. Um, There have been times where my birth mother and I have stopped talking mm-hmm. because as much as I understand her feelings, what she went through, what she has continued to go through, the damage that's been caused, it gets very draining after yeah, a while. I'm sure. Um, so we would stop talking and start talking and keep kind of keep on going. Um, but the last couple of years, unfortunately, yet again, the outcome that I really didn't want. Uh, but things happen. Things happen. Um, we have since stopped stopped talking. Oh. Um I do I Frank I honestly only talk to my birth father and one of her sisters. Um you know, we all make decisions and choices. Yeah. And as much as I understand her and I respect it and I've tried to be very understanding, um she, she made some choices that at this current time are things that I cannot accept and continue to to have that relationship with her sure um will that change i don't know time yeah. will tell yeah. um you know i got married back in 2019 um and i made yet again made the choice as an adoptee to have both my birth parents there attending yeah. my work um which was probably not the best decision for me to make Uh-oh. Um, not that anything bad occurred. My parents do like him. They do like my birth father. Yeah. Um, because there's been mutual respect sure. and consideration for how I was raised. He's appreciative that I have great parents. He's appreciative that I was raised well and loved. Um, something he could not give me. There's probably lingering resentment and feelings about that court battle too between your parents and your, your mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as there's understanding on both sides, there's too much damage there, especially when it comes to my birth mother and my mother, both being women, both being, I have my mother yeah, I have my birth mother. Um, so after that, she handled it in a way that was not the best way, which then resulted in me deciding to to cut contact with her, um, which was a hard decision for me to make. And, sure. You well, know, people can within my family, people can say have you know shown me and tell me their feelings about her. Yeah. And they're not wrong. She's a very difficult woman to, to deal with. Um, but it's still a hard decision. Because sure. in the end, 
you have the birth parents that you do. And you're still alive and she's still alive. And, and you guys could always five. reconcile one day, but you know, because people do grow and learn and change and people do grow and learn. Um, since having my son, my perspective has changed. I yeah. have a mother perspective now. Yeah. Um, and that's helped me a little bit with dealing with this. Sure. Um, you know, unfortunately we are in agreement right now that, that things are best kept this way. Sure. Sure. Um, especially pertaining to my son. Cause I've been told through the grapevine, you know, that she would love to meet my son. Yeah. Um, unfortunately that's not going to happen at this current time. You're just not um, ready for that because I'm not, I, I'm not ready for that. I, we would have to work on our relationship. Sure. Extensively before I'm comfortable enough to have that happen. Sure. I'm not saying no. And I'm not saying, yeah, I do miss her relationship. Um, I do. Yeah. I also don't. Yeah. I understand. Um, You know, my sister, I miss that too because she, after my wedding and yeah. things happened with my birth mother, her children, and I view them as her, they are her children, yeah. obviously, kind of went with her, sure. took her side, which I understand. Yeah, too, yeah. And in return, stopped talking to me as well. Um, That's hard. Which it is hard. I respect it. I do. Um, and, but they're adults also, they're now adults and we all make our choices. Um, I hope one day to reconcile with my sister. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, I know she would love my son. Um, and, and my other family has met them too. I mean, my parents have met my birth parents, my stepchildren have met them too so they they all know about my situation on my on my side of of the fence too yeah um you know i hope one day my sister and i can reconcile um i've never closed the door as far as locking everyone no but i'm at the point where i feel like i should not have to be the one to fix things yeah it has to be on my birth mother's side whether she makes that choice or not is ultimately up to her yeah. um and i've told her sister this because at this point i'm i don't have much to hide i've said this is what has to happen if you tell her or talk to her you're more than welcome to portray that yeah. um my brother and i i think unfortunately that's probably not going to occur Um, I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of damage has been done on that side of things. Um, I could be wrong. And yet again, never knows what the future holds with that. Sure, sure. But I do think, and that pains me the most out of everything I could have feelings about that my brother and I not at least having some form of friendship is very painful 
it's very painful. Yeah. Um, more, more painful than my birth mother or anyone else. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I, my reunion was like, I searched for years on my own because this is like back in the end of the nineties. So it was like online reunion registries was mutual consent reunion registries. I was scouring them. I'd spend hours just here and there, you know, I'd be like this day of the week, Oh, I'm going to look. And I would start digging for more. And, um, I had to, ended up doing the same thing, going through the courts. Um, what state were you born in? Pennsylvania. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, what part of Pennsylvania are you in? Uh, Philadelphia. Oh, okay. I was born in Pittsburgh. Um, with Pittsburgh, you know, you had to go to orphan's court. I'm sure it's probably the same thing in Philly. Right. So I went to orphan's court and uh, they appointed me an intermediary. And I don't know how detailed your intermediary was with you with what they have to do. But it was ridiculous because she said, you know, they literally let me take out a pencil and a legal pad and put me in this little room with a table and a chair and like glass, like security glass to access this information of like what's in there nuclear codes you know it's so ridiculous but that's what she did and my grandparents were still in the same house where they were living when i was born so she found them right away and you know it felt like i had waited so long i was 30 by the time this happened it felt like i waited so long um you know, when I finally had the contact info, it was like, jump in with both feet, you know, like you. And it is, it's, that's the thing with reunion is if I could go back and tell myself, you know, hey, here's what I would do differently. I'd say, give yourself more time to process. Cause I, I spoke to my grandmother on Monday and I met them on Wednesday, you know, and then I went back, well, my adoptive mom drove me there. And then I went back on Saturday to meet my brother. So it was just like, bam, bam, bam. And it was just probably about two months of constant action. Like I never allowed myself any downtime. I was working full time, five days a week. On the sixth day, I was watching my niece. So on that seventh day, I was like, going here and meeting this people and doing this and like it was just so much and I like emotionally exhausted myself like you said I was numb because it's so overwhelming to go 30 years with no information and then all of a sudden it's like here's all the info and it's like ah you know so it is I think that it's like something to learn from it is you know definitely people out there that are listening that are considering reunion make sure you allow yourself time to breathe and process and do self-care because if not, it's just going to be overwhelming. And it's also important to remember in that beginning, there's a honeymoon period, you know, and where it's just all endorphins and oxytocin all the time. And then there's like this crashing point where you're just like, holy hell, what just happened? You know? Absolutely. yeah. So would you, you would do the same thing. You would tell yourself the same kind I would of thing. Tell that... myself, slow it down. Yeah. yeah. Really think because really the way that I viewed this is once you decide to open that door, it's open. You cannot close the door, <laughs> especially if there you have a reunion, you actually, yeah. because once you say I'm here, yeah. even if you stop, 
talking and there's no, there's, you don't want to talk to them anymore. And they don't, it's once you've decided you cannot take that back. So you need to really ease on into it because it can impact you the rest of your life, whether it's a good outcome or not. Yeah. I, I was lucky because I had some guidance. I had found an old, uh, it's no longer existent, but it was an online uh, group um, called Pittsburgh Adoption Connection. And it was organized by a first mom who helped orchestrate a lot of reunions. She had her own reunion. It was, it's a long story and I don't want to tell her story, but it just led to a lot of, not the reunion itself, but the relinquishment led to a lot of regret for her um but because of that i think part of her way of healing was to help facilitate reunions and bring people back together but she told me this she's like i have two questions for you before i help you i said what's that she goes why now and what do you want out of this she said these are two good questions to like have in your mind and understand like what you know you have to understand you're not necessarily going to have a relationship or even a friendship it just might be hey how are you have a nice life you know because you have no idea what you're going to find and that's part of the problem with closed adoptions is that it's a can of worms you you have no and and (laughs) life is like a box of chocolates like you don't know what's in there and uh sometimes it's good sometimes it's mixed you know and uh but yeah reunion is just it's really awkward it it can be so awkward very yeah and it's to me it's really sad when reunions don't work out like i understand that you know moms got really traumatized especially if they had no say and they're not prepared for that nobody ever prepares them for hey you are gonna have all these feelings you know and people develop unhealthy coping mechanisms you know and defense mechanisms and things like that and it's just it's a lot you know yeah so how old is your your son he's gonna be two in may so he's 20 months right now keeping you running i'm sure he is keeping me running (laughs) (laughs) what's their mobile it's all over no yeah. yes 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 and, and it's interesting too because um my birth mother had reached out to me in 2020 when i i had to do fertility to have my son um and she'd found out through the grapevine of, uh-huh. of people that i was pregnant so she reached yeah. out to me of course i never responded mm-hmm. um because we weren't talking but she's always known, you know, this is, you know, something that she's known about. Um, so, but yeah. See with me, it was the other way. My grandmother decided she wasn't going to talk to me anymore. And, um, she just, it's just very complicated and I've rehashed it on here before. So I don't want to be repeating myself all the time, but that really hurt me. And of course her son, my uncle, you know, same thing he sided with her so he doesn't talk to me anymore she's passed away since but when i was pregnant it was like a big deal to me like this is your great grandchild this is your grandnephew and i did send like ultrasound pics and stuff like that but i never really i didn't hear back from them so 
I guess they made their choice. You know, I did see my uncle one time since then, but it's been since 2004 um, when my grandfather passed away that my grandmother was just kind of like done. So she kept me a secret for 30 years and all of a sudden I was back and in the limelight and I think it made her feel certain things, you know, because like sure. now everybody knew that she kept it a secret. My own uncle didn't know about me he was 13 when my mother was pregnant in the same house where he was living and he had no idea so families are something so how so your dad that came over that's is that your adoptive dad that's my dad yeah is your is your mom still alive you have your adoptive mom still yeah that's good oh yes they they are wonderful i mean i'm as frustrating as parents can be um they are i couldn't have asked for a better set of parents that's good um i mean they have been supportive they've helped me um they're still helping me now at 37 you know i i'm home with my son um i quit my job to to do the fertility treatment to have my son um i've been stay at home since then they're helping yeah. With that until I get him in school and go back to work. Um they helped with the fertility. Uh so I could even attempt to have a baby. Um, so they are wonderful. They yeah. are wonderful. Um, my dad loves to come over and hang out with him and keep him preoccupied and so I can get stuff done. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. So they, they are wonderful. They are yeah. wonderful. Um, and my birth father is, he's come a very long way. He and yeah. I, I mean, we're not super tight. Um, we text here and there. He, he comes up maybe one, once a month to see yeah. me, to see my son. Um, he's coming up next week for my birthday to see me and my son. Um, yeah. you know, he, he's made his mistakes. Yeah, absolutely sure absolutely um but for me i don't care what he did then yeah i care what he does now so he's a good person yeah he's a long way he's getting his his life in order so he can come up and see my son yeah um my one aunt my birth mother's sister who i talked to has also met my son yeah so and i know that has caused frictions yeah i'm sure that like my birth mother can't why can't my sister like what did you before you cut contact with your mom did you explain to her what your issues were with like whatever she was doing (laughs) yes i mean throughout the years yeah you know things I, I would try to explain to her where I was coming from with issues yeah. or things. But the thing with her is she has a hard time accepting responsibility ah. for herself. She blames a lot of people. Everything is everyone else's fault. Oh. The was everyone's fault but yeah. hers. Now, I do understand she was a child. She was under 18. She was a child. Her parents, her father, her father forced the adoption. 
And I understand that. I do. Yeah. But you're also 17 years old. Not that you're a fully functioning adult, because you're not. But you, you can't just blame everyone all the time. Especially Here's a thought. Maybe. No, I don't know. This is just theory. Speculation. But possibly having that, experiencing that relinquishment trauma at such a young age, she may have gotten stuck there emotionally. She absolutely is. When I look at her, when I interact with her, I don't see an adult. I see a child, a A 16-year-old girl stuck in that. And I understand it. I do. I am not not lacking with understanding. But for me, at this point, in our relationship or lack thereof yeah you need to take responsibility for our relationship faltering maybe she needs to seek some counseling you know to help her heal according to her right before we cut off contact shortly after my wedding she was seeing someone according to her yeah and her her therapist apparently had told her, you know, you need to be honest with Susanna yeah. and tell her how you felt about the wedding, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Which, which is not the issue for me. It's how it was done. And I I have I have seeked therapy. I myself was in therapy a very long time. Yeah. Um handling it the way that it was dealt was not what her therapist had in mind right you call up the person ask to meet with them and discuss your feelings you're more direct like an adult not message through facebook yeah say blah 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 that there could be some kind of like that reaching out and messaging it's her way yeah, it could be related to being afraid of rejection. Absolutely. That's what happened Absolutely. in a way. Long enough. Yeah. I'm not some new person. We've known each other a long time. It's still scary, though, because, like, I have myself, I have an anxious avoidant type of attachment style. So, like, if there's an issue with my partner or something, I would rather text him than tell him in, in person. Because I. I, I get anxious. I get anxious, but that's you know, like everybody's different. But I'm just saying, and I'm not trying to defend her. Oh, no, I'm no. Just I, and and I have about it in that way. It. I factored no. that into you. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No. I, it's 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 you you know, you can reach me. You yeah. can reach me. We'll gladly get together. Yeah. And we can fix this or at least work on it. Yeah. But no. This is you know, she hasn't I, put the effort in. I mean, I've I've heard things yet again through her sister. Yeah. And I understand it. And I, I know she's anxious and I know she's jealous and I know she wants this and wants that. Yeah. But you know, I I need to protect my son. Sure. And myself. Sure, more sure. so myself. Yeah. Um and you know, we'd have to work on things. Yeah. Maybe she's changed and maybe she's working towards becoming a better person. I hope so. I'm not saying it can't be done yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I'm not who I was four, four years ago either. 
Right. So, but I'd have to see that. Sure. Extend- I understand. Now, I'm going to change the subject here because I'm looking at you while you're talking and I definitely see some ethnicity <laughs> in you. Yes. Yes. And I wanted to ask, what is your... Um, Of course. I am Japanese. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yes. Are you a a blend of Japanese? I'm just a Japanese American. So my birth father is Japanese. Um, So I get that from him. Yeah. My birth mother's side is like a combination of every little thing in the world. So I don't know what's going on on that side of things. Um, but yes, I am. I'm Asian. I'm okay. Japanese. I was having a hard time like figuring out. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not Mexican. sure. No, a lot of people think I'm Spanish or Mexican. Yeah. Um, even my husband, when he first met me, he could have sworn I was Mexican. I was leaning that way because I have my, my adoptive mom's Mexican and I have cousins who I found out recently, their great grandmother was Japanese. And I was like, I can't tell if she's Latino or, and, you know, I I always have an interest in that because, you know, like I said, with my mom being Mexican and my dad being, he was Spanish. And like, I am mostly, like, I don't know, have you done DNA just for the ethnicity thing? Not yet, no. I I wasn't going to it's pretty that. fascinating stuff sure it is. Sure yeah it is. yeah so you're are so i assume that your adoptive parents are not japanese no so you're a transracial adoptee yes. basically yeah yeah so do you have any interest in learning more about the japanese culture at all i have I to say you don't. i have to say that i really don't it's never yeah. been yet again been in my head like wow i'm japanese let me learn more sort of thing i just i mean i've learned a little bit through my birth father Uh and his family but not enough to where i really want to immerse myself in trying to learn more yeah Um, um but i mean i find it interesting though sure I, i do yeah. Um, you know, because when I look at him, I look at his family, you know, you can definitely tell that they're Japanese. Um, my his his mother, so my grandmother, um, you know, is has been in this country forever. Yeah. I cannot understand a word she says. Oh, really? <laughs> but like Still a strong accent. Yeah, very, yeah. very. I, I have a friend who um he's an adoptee and he's hawaiian i can't remember if he did dna or not i don't think he did he's hawaiian but he he reunited with his birth family and um there's like pacific islander and people you know he's moved to this area where we live now i'm in west virginia so he's a very unique individual unique looking individual in this area because there are not very many hawaiian pacific islander type people in the area and people think he's mexican all the time too (laughs) so i just wanted to (laughs) get that connection there he's like Uh, no i'm not mexican you know yeah and just just people don't know any better you know and uh, yeah it's 
it's sad. You probably get a lot of that though with people like, where's she from? You know? Yeah, it was always it was always Mexican. You always. Know, and that's for because me, it's more common in the States, I think, to see Latino yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was never I didn't even think about it either. Yeah. I just didn't. It was never a thought. But but when 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 people started to be like, you know, you don't look like your parents. Yeah. I always assumed I did. Just because, just because as a small child, yeah, you know, to me, like I have dark hair. My dad, when he was younger, had dark hair. Sure. I assumed. I assumed because what kids normally don't know any better than that. And then, you know, I came home and I was like, so-and-so told me I don't look like you. And they're like, that's probably when we should tell you you're adopted. (laughs) Yeah. When I started kindergarten, like everybody in the neighborhood knew that I was adopted because my mom took me around and showed me to everybody like a puppy, you know, and they all knew she wasn't pregnant, you know, but she like went up and showed the crossing guard. Look, we got a baby, you know, the whole thing. So when I started kindergarten, she didn't want me to hear it from other people you know so that's why she's like hey by the way you have another mom and i'm like what (laughs) so and like i like this might be kind of a parallel here but with my mom being mexican now i spent a lot of time in mexico as a kid we used to go pretty frequently because my mom is the only one here and all of her family is is in mexico city and so we would go back pretty regularly to go visit her siblings and my cousins. So I grew up playing with them all the time. And then when we're here in the States in Pennsylvania, you know, when my mom would see Latino people, she would go up to them and start talking to them all the time. Like, Hey, where are you from? And I, I have to remind myself that I'm not Mexican sometimes, which probably sounds silly, but like I get the urge to go up to people that are Latino and be like, hey, where are you from? And talking to them because my mom did it so much when I was a kid and I was with her, you know, when this would happen. And like, I wonder if it's that way for you. You just don't perceive of yourself as anything other than white because it's how you grew up. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of parallel. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, people ask me what I am I'll I'll tell you yeah um, but for me I don't really factor that in yeah I really so don't. You, do you don't identify as a transracial adoptee really even no, though you are oh no. I mean when I fill yeah. out paperwork and stuff like that and they ask you you know what's your ethnicity yeah because for me that's what I am yeah I do that's acknowledge more that I am Japanese like yet again I will tell you yeah I am yeah but I'm just kind of, it's never really been that big of a, a thing for me. Yeah. A, a lot of people find it cool. Like, wow. You're like, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> like, okay, that's yet again, part of who I am. Sure. Not part of who I am, but a part of who yeah. I am. Um, You know, and through this whole search, it's been a bunch of, you know, acknowledging part of who I am. Yeah. You know, acknowledging that these are small parts of me yeah. as a person, but it's not like overly. When you were a child, did you know that you were Japanese or it was just kind of like. I'm sure my parents told me yeah. when I was little. Cause like I said, they told me when I was seven that I was adopted. I'm sure somewhere in there, 
they told me that I was Japanese, but like it wasn't it was more you're adopted. Like this is yeah. what happened. This is why, you know, it's not that you weren't wanted, so to speak. Yeah. Thing, but like this is what happened. Um, I'm sure they said that the whole Japanese thing somewhere in the yeah. mix. I always felt like I had to explain myself because I'd be like, yeah, my mom's from Mexico. And then people would look at me kind of funny, like, how does that work? You know? And I just yeah. wondered if you felt like you had to explain yourself when you were a kid at all. I'm sure I did. I'm sure <laughs> at some points, you know, I had to kind of go into like the whole spiel. Yeah. Uh, like why I didn't look like my parents, why... Yeah whatever why i acted or did things a certain way um you it's know a whole layer. look is the biggest thing like you don't look like these people yeah people tend to notice that yeah you know and like you know if if you saw me and my birth mother together in the same location you can say we look we look a lot alike yeah depending on who ask. some people refuse to acknowledge that whatever yeah. um yeah you know, I look like this person. Yeah. Um, some people think I look more like my birth father. It's all a, a matter of view. Um, so. I just hope the way I asked that wasn't offensive. I was just trying to be as delicate as I can. Cause I know some I people are. To anything. I'm Good. just kind of I, I will. Yeah, now it's absolutely fine. Oh, I, uh, okay. You know, when it comes to this, when it comes to my story and, and everything, I just, I will tell it how I feel and what it is. Um, because if I don't acknowledge it, yeah, then that does more harm than good as far yeah. as processing and getting through it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've given talks before, especially when I first did, did my search. Um, I gave adoption talks and I've been a part of adoption support groups. Um, and um you know we all have different views of adoption oh, yeah. too yeah there are absolutely. things that understood people viewing their situations the way they have and people don't necessarily get my point of view with things and that's okay sure we all have different stories we all view things differently everybody's story is valid everyone's story is valid um yeah know. Well, I'm glad be- you were willing to share your story on here today and that you were available because uh, my whole thing is I, I'm trying to have people on that haven't already been on a podcast, you know, because there's a lot of adoptees that have businesses or writing books and they're on podcasts. And it's like, want to get more stories out there than just the people that are in the spotlight, so to speak. Right. And I think because it's important, the more stories that we can get out there of adopted people and first parents and you know the things they have to go through and deal with it's 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 important that we have that as part of the narrative you know so i'm i know you got your hands full with your little one when you're lucky you've got somebody sitting and playing with them right now (laughs) yeah i have a 12 year old so i remember those days so all right well um is there anything else that you wanted to add or i i think that's good okay all right well thank you so much i really appreciate it of course thank you for having me yeah